Wall Street is full of corruption and it is baked in to every aspect of our society. MMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding at the macro level. In the 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This was written over a hundred years ago. This is The Rogue Scholar with Steve Grumbine. Hey everybody, it's Steve, the Rogue Scholar. We're gonna be talking about something that I like to think of as reclaiming the driver's seat. You know, how many times have you been around family and they don't wanna hear what you have to say? They don't wanna hear anything about what's going on in the world. And as an activist, you have this compulsion to explain what's going on in the world. You wanna teach people, right? You wanna you wanna explain this, you wanna have this really important discussion that you feel burning inside and <clears throat> family wants to talk about real housewives or you know whatever happened at the you know ladies auxiliary or you know some school event or or whatever they don't want to talk they don't want to talk about a green new deal they don't want to talk about climate crisis they don't want to talk about austerity they don't want to talk about any of the important things that are going on in the world around you and the idea that somehow or another we are relegated to balance this idea of balance i've got to balance my activist life with my family life and this keeps coming up in all sorts of different ways it shows up in meetings it shows up in the workplace it shows up in social engagements it doesn't matter where as long as you're talking about something benign innocuous and irrelevant you're fine. And people label that as somehow or another balance. Somehow or another, that concept of talking about the latest show you binged watched on Netflix equates to balance. I want you to understand something. Your children go to school. They are given someone else's politics, period. Doesn't matter who, doesn't matter what. They're given someone else's politics. And it comes down to things as simple as, hey, let's talk about the Pledge of Allegiance. Hey, let's talk about our President Donald Trump or whatever. Hey, let's talk about uh, you know, how we can all grow up and become millionaires someday. Let's talk about church. Let's talk about religion. Let's talk about Easter. Hey, let's have a Passover. Hey, whatever, right? All these things get pumped into your head. And you look and you realize there's a scripture reference, and I'm gonna use a biblical term to help you understand this. They say, raise a child in the ways, and when he grows up, he shall not depart. And, and there's some truth to that, obviously, right? When you educate your children, now some would say that you are literally indoctrinating your children, but your children are being indoctrinated by someone. The idea of teaching them how to think, while that is certainly important, you gotta understand that there's gotta be some sort of theory behind what you're teaching your children too. Otherwise, someone else is giving them their theory, their concept of the world. And this is why we have a society full of feckless people that watch Real Housewives, the Kardashians, and everything else, but don't have a clue about What's really going on in the world today? The movie Don't Look Up was perfect for this. The activists, these scientists are on stage with these co-hosts and they're like, for the love of God, please listen to us. There's an asteroid coming. It's going to destroy all of life. Will you listen to me? And they make a joke of it. They make a joke of it and everywhere they go, they're ignored. And eventually the one scientist, what does she do? She actually goes ahead and says, screw it, nothing gonna change, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm just gonna go ahead and give in and get drunk and hang out. And at the end, you see Leonardo DiCaprio, who is, or, you know, gone ballistic, trying to get his message out there. He went off the deep end, he followed the, the shiny objects, got hooked up, cheated on his wife, 
and ends up coming home because at the end of the day, they're all going to sit around the table and hold hands, right? Because there's nothing left to do at that point. There's absolutely nothing left to do at that point because they waited too long, because the rest of the world was asleep, because the world didn't give a flying fuck, okay? Now, when I think about this, when I think of balance, right? I put this picture behind me here to kind of emulate the complexity of balance. It's not just a one way or the other thing, right? In our households, what do we do with our time? It's okay to talk to our kids about baseball. Well, it's okay to talk to our kids about football. It's okay to talk to our daughters about karate. It's okay to talk to them about, you know, what do they want to wear to the prom? You hear your wife or your spouse say, can't we just let them be kids? Can't we just let them be kids? Why do we have to be so serious? Why do we always have to bring up these things to them? Why can't we just have it lighthearted? And then all those important conversations happen elsewhere. Now, if you're a socialist and you want to see real change, if you're somebody who just recognizes, you're not even a so you don't even consider yourself a socialist. You just consider yourself to be a person that understands that if we don't fix the environment, we're screwed. Or you happen to be someone that is intimately knowledgeable about poverty and you want to change that. Or you happen to be someone that understands that without healthcare, people are screwed. Or maybe you realize the burden of student debt is crushing people and we need to get, get things going, right? But you got that spouse there that doesn't fucking value any of this. They want you to shut up. They don't want you to talk. Every time they see you pick up the phone to make a phone call about this, every time they see you listen to a podcast about it, every time they hear you talk about it, their eyes roll back in their head and they, they are in the driver's seat of your home. They have dominated the conversation. That is not balance, folks. Please do not confuse this for balance, ever. No thinking person's going to confuse that for balance. Balance is, okay, we'll check out your thing. Okay, but now we're going to check out my thing too. That's balance. Balance isn't all like this. And then after everyone goes to bed, then you do your thing. That's not balance. In a loving relationship, in whatever, in a balanced relationship, person A understands that their issues are as important as issue B. And you could sit there and you can go back and forth about these things. That's what we call balance. The balance isn't like this. That's not balance. And I keep wondering, you know, you look at like the kid in the back seat with the steering wheel. And they consider themselves to be driving the car, but ultimately the person in the driver's seat is driving the car. But how often are you put in the back seat as an activist in your own home? How often are you relegated to right-wing talking points? Oh, that mamby-pamby lefty weird shit. Oh my God, more of that crazy stuff, right? How many times have you been relegated to the kiddie table, the singles table at the wedding, the children's buffet. How many times are you treated like, oh God, here they go again. But somehow or another, their idiosity, the things that matter to them all day, somehow or another, those things have to be the thing that we talk about nonstop, incessantly. Why are they the dominators of the household? Why does their issue get to reign supreme? Why do your kids get to get indoctrinated by a right-wing fascist in their school system that's teaching them the proper salute for the flag, that's teaching them to recite all these things that have nothing to do with balance, have nothing to do with changing the narrative, have nothing to do with fixing society. Instead, they create yet another shit-lib centrist that won't do anything, that won't ever be concerned with making change. Because they've been indoctrinated when they were impressionable by someone else, not you. Not you who are woke. You who are sitting there feeling the pressure of being surrounded by people that don't give a fuck. I want you to think about what I'm saying. If all day long, the only thing you're allowed to do is what they say, that is not what we call balance. That is not balance. 
just think about the deprogramming process that you yourself have gone through. If you're a person who is aware of the world around them, if you're a person in your later years that is aware of what's going on in the world, think about how hard it was for you to learn the basics of money. Think about how hard it was for you to learn that the federal government creates currency. It doesn't need to borrow it. It creates it. So when you understand that, it changes everything. Like your entire life changes on a dime at that moment. So why is it that that is the one thing you're not allowed to work on? You're not allowed to talk about. You're not allowed to spend your time doing because it's not as important as hearing about their Real Housewives of Bel Air or whatever the fuck ever. We allow all kinds of the things we absolutely despise into our households. We allow trash to be the norm in our homes. In our own homes, we allow garbage to be the narrative. And yet we wanna spread the word beyond our own households. We wanna be evangelists beyond our own households to help change the narrative. Now there's another Bible saying too, that a prophet hath no honor in his own hometown. And God knows that's true, huh? How many of you have tried to talk to your kids about something important only to have them roll their eyes in their head and just walk away, right? I think all of us that have kids have had that at some point in time, especially as they become teenagers and they know everything. But I know a lot of people that have that exact same thing with their spouse, with their significant other. I swear this is not a joke. If you're not controlling the narrative, Someone else is. And it's not to say it shouldn't be shared. It's not to say that it shouldn't be balanced. We need healthy departures from this horrible real world we live in. But we need a balance there. We cannot just have it like this and lie to ourselves and the people around us that that equals balance. That's not balance. Stop lying. We see through that. That's not, that's not balance. It's a lie, and it's a comfortable lie. And what do activists do? I want you to think about what an activist's job is. An activist does a number of things. Number one, activist makes us uncomfortable, don't they? An activist agitates. An activist educates. An activist mobilizes. If you're not able to do some of that in your own home, but the balance is like this, then don't say you're living a balanced life. Don't tell me that you're balancing things. You need a balance. Again, a balance looks like this, right? That's what a balance looks like. Balance looks like this. Now it might shift a little bit here and there as the waves go, but a balance is not that complete and utter dereliction of activism in the home. Why is it that when they get upset at you, it works, but when you get upset at them for not listening to you about activism, that doesn't work? Why is it that you are the perpetual beta in the mix as opposed to them having some balance? Why are you the only one expected to adopt the veneer level understanding of real housewives and not them learn the real balance of a Green New Deal? Why is it climate change goes kaput at home? Why is our own homes the ones that are most likely to perpetuate neoliberal lies and myths? Because we can't talk about this shit in our own household. Why is that? I'm telling you right now, we break our arms, patting ourselves on the back for doing the bare minimum. But the reality is your children live in the world. And when the tsunamis come and the tornadoes come and the supercells come and the drought comes and the austerity comes and all the other shit comes and the wars come, your kids are going to be fodder. They're going to be the freaking bullets for the military. Your kids are going to be the ones. They are going to be the ones 
paying the price because of this fake balance, this imbalance that we try to laud as balanced. Reality, this is balance. Stupidity, this is balance. No, this is balance. Now, when they talk about training up our children, raising our kids, what messages are you raising them with? If you're not giving them the activist message, if you're not telling them about what's going on in the world, what message are you giving them? I want you to think about what I'm saying. If you're ashamed of activism, if your spouse has crushed you into like subordination, crushed you into a mealy-mouthed existence that makes you feel like you're the one that has to be insecure, that's not balance and that's not love. When you know that your kids are going to be impacted by these things, protecting your children is vital, right? Is it not? See, this is how you know whether people really believe that these horrible things are going on or whether they think that it might be going on and, you know, let me quietly do it. It's kind of like being in the closet. You're, you're embarrassed. You're ashamed. You don't want to use the socialist word. You don't want to use the environment word. You don't want to use, you know, any of these words that trigger people because their sensibilities, they've been screwed, they've been indoctrinated, they've been propagandized. And so if you don't realize you're, if you're force multiplier, if your household is five or six people and the five or six people in your household are going to push neoliberal bullshit when they get out in the world, but you're busy looking outside your home for activism and you don't tend there, somebody else is going to tend to your family. They're going to get a message. I found that interesting. You know, why is it that this is the dirty word? Why is it that we always have to play beta? I reject that outright. I reject it. Why is it that you can spend four hours at a sports ball game, at a football game, at a baseball game, at a lacrosse game, and that somehow or another is seen as balance? But if you spend four hours volunteering to save the world, that's considered out of control, obsessive, crazy. You could drive four hours to go to a sports ball game, watch it, go out drinking, and that's balance. But if you spent the same amount of time working on developing media to change the world, that's imbalanced. Give me a fucking break. Give me a motherfucking break. That is the, the shit stain of our society. That is what we're up against the inertia, because we can't talk about it freely. We can't go to work and talk about it. But sure enough, when you go to work, you can hear them talking about, yeah, well, the war, you know, we need to kick those son of a bitch's asses. You can hear that all day long. But if you dare say something along the lines of, why in the world are we at war? They'll look at you like you got seven heads. If you say to somebody, you know, people are like, well, I paid my student debt. Yeah, what the fuck, these freeloaders, okay? That'll go over just fine a family circle nine times out of 10. But if you sit there and you say, why in the world are we making kids pay for college? Just because we did? It's time to change that. It was a stupid system. It's like saying we should all stay slaves because people were slaves 200 years ago or whatever. This is bullshit. But we can't say, we can't be a change agent because we're expected to be cuckolds. We're supposed to be cucks. Just sitting there, taking it. Doesn't make any sense whatsoever. The things that matter to us, 
in a loving household with people that care about us should matter to them as well. Not that they have to agree with everything we say, but just think about how groupthink works. Every time I talk about taking kids to a, a rally or something like that, I'm, I'm told, no, my God, don't take them there. Let them be a kid for God's sake. And I'm thinking to myself, are you fucking nuts? I don't want my kid to be in line at Walmart someday, looking over the shoulder of the person in front of them to find out why they're using their food stamps on crab meat or something like that. I don't want my kids to be that kind of disgusting disgrace. But without having some sort of a class-based analysis that their parents provide to them, that's what they end up with. That's the starting point. Hatred for their own brothers and sisters. We teach our kids that they're not good, that they didn't do the right things. That's why they're poor. Well, if you did made better choices, all this shit, this is the lessons we teach. But when we understand the way the system is fucking rigged against them, What do we do then? There's some balance there because it is important to try to make good decisions when possible. But when you understand you can make all the best decisions in the world and still end up on the wrong side of something because the system is rigged against you, well, that's a real game changer, isn't it? Look at what happens with black and brown people. They get pulled over by a cop. They could be dead still and still get shot. They could minorly resist without even having a weapon because they don't understand or whatever and get shot. There's no amount of doing the right thing that protects them in such a way that they can guarantee they won't get shot. Yet there's parasites that come out of your and my households because we failed to teach our children the right thing that believe they got what was coming to them. They believe that those people deserve to die because if they would have just listened to the police officer, everything would have been okay. Yes, your children, our children, are being indoctrinated by someone, whether it be mainstream media, whether it be the school system, whether it be the friends down the street and their parents who they listen to, because you know how kids are, they'll listen to so-and-so's parents, but not you. And when your spouse diminishes you in front of your children, oh God, you're gonna talk about that shit again. It immediately sets your children up to think of that as shit. And when the time comes for the mainstream media to explain how the ne'er-do-goods want free college or how the ne'er-do-goods are uh, you know, just milking the system, you are guilty because you didn't train your child. That's on you. Don't break your arm patting yourself on the back for this fake balance shit. You created a monster. You created another one of those kids that goes out there and torments the poor kids. You created another one that makes it harder for black and brown people to achieve equality in this country. You're the one that made it because you came up with this fake balance shit. That right there is some straight shit because you have allowed the mainstream to infect your family. Not just your family, because it goes beyond that, but it's the way the building blocks work. It's the way the cell division works. The mitosis and the meiosis and all that cell division. You are force multiplying centrist shit libs that will celebrate war, celebrate austerity, not understand shit around them, get caught up in the duopoly, never have uh, the ability to think through a problem, have no class analysis, have no understanding of the climate, have no understanding of sustainability, have no understanding of history, have no understanding of the history of struggle, 
be full of judgment and be the ones that will be in the judge jury box selecting someone to go for the death penalty because after all they should have done better because that's the other alternative you're letting somebody else program your children's minds and ultimately you're also diminishing your own ability to be effective because you allow them to keep you down and keep you away and keep you from grabbing hold of the driver's seat and the steering wheel and sh taking your family out of harm's way and putting them in a position to be part of the solution instead of a next generation problem. Someone is always teaching our children. Someone is always teaching the people around us. Someone is always teaching the people at work. Someone is always teaching the people in our lives, period. If it's not you, it's someone else. And if it's not you, it's most likely someone who is literally telling them about bootstraps and glorifying the days when their grandfather walked five miles without shoes on, 50 pound sack on their back, up 50 flights of steps, and how all it takes is hard work in this country and you can be anything you want to be. It's, that's a, it's a very egalitarian, merit-based system and you will always succeed if you just put your nose to the grindstone, kiddo. Now, don't get me wrong. There is valid reason to put your nose to the grindstone, but what you put your nose to the grindstone for and what you expect to get out of putting your nose to the grindstone are two very different things. See, we're willing to put our nose to the grindstone to be part of the neoliberal world so that we can blend in, so we can be part of this bullshit society, so we won't be we won't stick out. We won't be green in a group of red, okay? We'll be able to blend in seamlessly because we'll be like them. There'll be no change. There'll be no meaningful difference. I want you to think about this. Many years ago, 1972, Richard Nixon removed us from the gold standard. And ever since then, the words of Milton Friedman and the quantity theory of money and this whole concept of printing money, creating inflation, all this other shit, took off in spades because of the OPEC crisis. People confused price gouging with something about printing money. And they never thought to question why. They never thought to push back. And so that just became the narrative. And the narrative unchallenged becomes the narrative period. For 50 years, libertarians, free marketeers have been indoctrinating America. They've taken over the judgeships. They've taken over the state houses. They've taken over the school systems. They've taken over the local uh, and state uh, political system. They've taken over the televisions. They've taken over everything. They've taken over the mainstream media. They take over the military. The military was always part of it, right? But to push back against that, to provide an alternative narrative. Somehow or another, we got our idea of what balance is way the fuck off. That concept of balance is way the fuck off. Most people right here, right now, never understood that money comes from the government. Most people never read Friedrich Knapp's State Theory of Money. Most have never read any of these books, and they're high and lofty, and they're difficult, and sometimes written in German, making them even more challenging. Engels, Marx, you name it. What am I reading? I don't know. Shit, I have no context for what I'm reading. Because they don't know history, because the history they're reading is bullshit anyway. 
Think about how many people celebrate the American Revolution, which was largely rich people breaking free of having to pay England, while simultaneously keeping stores of grain in buildings while people in the community starved, and they would send them off to fight in the Mexican-American War, okay? I want you to understand your history has been a lie. The things you allow your kids to be indoctrinated with in school is a lie. The things you listen to on television are a lie. And you call that fair and balanced in your own home. I want you to think about this. You allowed the red scare of McCarthyism to literally indoctrinate your homes, your lives, your televisions, everything. There's no balance. What do you, oh, well, you know, I need to give my kids a little bit of balance and hearing, you know, Tucker Carlson, okay? I got to give them more libertarian right-wing think tank shit because I need it to be balanced in my home, huh? I mean, seriously, folks, listen, from the minute your kids get up in the morning to the minute they go to bed at night, they are indoctrinated with neoliberal garbage. From the comic books they read, to the churches they go to, to the schools they attend, to the television shows they watch, every aspect, every single aspect of their lives is indoctrinated. Think about how many people hate the gay people. They hate the, the groups out there that are different from them. Because it's tough being different, isn't it? And in some perverse paternalistic, maternalistic way, we try to protect our kids from being different. We don't accept them as being different. We don't allow them their own minds. Because groupthink, being a member of the herd, is a greater calling. And that's what our spouses believe is letting kids be kids. It's psychotic. It's creating you. If, you, if it wasn't your child, if it wasn't your child, and you got to hear them unfiltered, as they sit there and judge people, as they shit on people, as they sit there and believe horrible right-wing thoughts, you would be ashamed. Then once you realize, oh shit, that's my kid, However, did this happen, Johnny? I'm a socialist. How could you? Well, Dad, I didn't learn it from you. You know that old drug commercial? I learned it from you, Dad. I learned it from you. <clears throat> no. I'm serious. So it's like you're an activist, but you're sitting in the back seat of the car with the fake little toy, uh, toy steering wheel. You're like, oh. beep, 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 beep. beep. And you think somehow or another, you're bringing the ruckus. This is why people literally watch the bullshit that our politicians do and think to themselves, oh, well, she's just a real honest to God, straight up fist in the air in the land of hypocrisy, revolutionary, standing on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Oorah. Let's go. Have a party. Let's go for a soiree. Let's get our cardboard signs together. Go, and we can get the T-shirt and tell everyone for years to come. I was there when. Never mind the fact that the conversation never goes to, what demands did you have? Tell me of your success stories. Tell me about what demands you were able to sustain through that. You're like, huh? What do you mean? Oh. Well, you know, we, 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 you know, we didn't expect to win. We just, you know, I mean, the left never wins. If you want to be a righty, you want to be a capitalist, they win. Well, I don't want to be that motherfucker anymore. I want to be a lefty that wins. Huh? Flip the script. Fuck that. I quit. I'm not allowing the capitalist to constantly win. I'm not doing it. Not doing it. And yes, thank you for bringing this up. I'm going to pull this up. Nobody will understand this, but I want to show this to you real quickly. This right here, John, thank you for bringing this up. Years ago, when Roseanne came back on the television, 
for the first time after they had broken up for a while and they came back and brought the band back together. The very first episode was right after Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump. And Roseanne was fighting with her sister because her sister had the audacity of voting for Jill Stein. And Roseanne mocked her for Medicare for all. And she goes, you know something? The, the only problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money. Ha, 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 ha. Right? Ha, 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 ha. And 12 million people watched this episode of Roseanne. Watched that and sat there and go, oh, I'm a lefty. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because after all, the country's bankrupt. There's no money in this country, right? Because that's the narrative. Who came up with that narrative? Milton Friedman, people like that. So when you allow that to be the narrative in your own home as well, because after all, the wife and kids want to see Roseanne and they don't want to hear your editorial. You shut up and sit in the back seat. Here, get the kitty steering wheel again, okay? Hands off the wheel, little guy, going in the back seat with the other kids. Talk about your fairy tales back there. Now, fuck that. Now, fuck that hard. Stop patting yourself on the back for enabling that belief system, that mindset, that entire thing that penetrates and floods society. More thimble-deep, wafer-thin people. I grit my teeth every time I think about the fact that I've got kids and I didn't have the influence I wanted to have on them all the way. I really didn't. And I grip at the thought that they would look down their nose at a poor person. I grip at the thought that they might judge people for wanting to be environmentally friendly because they think, oh, look at these loser liberals. Well, being a liberal is pretty much a losing proposition because it's typically, I've got great ideas, but I'm not willing to sacrifice for them. The very definition of a liberal, right? Great ideas as long as I don't have to fucking sacrifice. Great ideas as long as I can keep comfortable in my own home and my wife can dominate me or my husband can dominate me and I don't have to bring the ruckus because they said that they don't like this, they don't agree with it. So my balance is imbalanced. I've got to succumb to the anti-activists because they rule my home. They rule the home, not balance. They rule the home. The kids get that version of the world too because they rule the home. So do you think you're creating new activists? Do you think you're generating a new generation of people ready to tackle climate change? Do you think that you're taking and putting out a new generation of people that understand modern monetary theory so we don't end up with austerity as murder constantly? Are you creating the next society, the next generation full of people ready to take on the neoliberal elite, the oligarchs? Or are you bringing about a bunch of bootlickers that are, end up succumbing to that and recreating it and then judging anyone that dares stand up? I want you to understand, when conservatives go to the school board and they fight about masks and anti-masking, or they fight about anti-vaxxing, or they fight about whatever else they do, make no mistake about it. They're putting their politics into the elementary school system. They're putting their politics into the public space. They're talking to people about their politics. Why is that okay? But somehow or another, when a lefty tries to do it, we got to let the kids be kids. Why the fuck is that? What kind of neo-maxi losers and dweeby would do that? When you understand the real issues that we're fighting against, and you know that physics doesn't negotiate, and you know that climate change is coming at us faster and harder than you have any idea 
and you act like, yeah, I'll get to it after midnight. I can't talk about it with my kids. My husband doesn't want to hear about this, thinks I should stop being an activist. My husband doesn't think that I should be focused on teaching people anything. My husband doesn't agree with this. And then you're watching videos on television and you've got the, the rapper out there sitting there showing off the, the big bucks, the fat stacks, or you've got the, the metalhead out there talking about kill the motherfucker, blah, 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 whatever, and all this stuff. And it's like, well, it's just pop culture. What do you got to do? Kids will be kids, right? Kids will be kids. I, I love some extreme metal. Trust me, folks. I listen to some crazy ass music. But the fact of the matter is that when I talk about balance in my own life, I prioritize things. And this is going to be painful because this is going to be that mirror stare. Mirror stares back hard. Kill such a friendly word. Seems the only way kind of thing, right? Mirror stares back hard. When you say you have to prioritize, you alone can make those calls nobody can make them for you and when you say it's more of a priority to watch keeping up with the kardashians than teaching about modern monetary theory so that people aren't talking about we can't afford to get rid of student debt we can't afford to retrofit every smokestack in the country we can't afford to put out green energy we can't afford clean water we can't afford making sure people have homes. We can't afford immigrants. We can't afford all these things. When we say that, what we are doing is we are condemning society. We are condemning the future. And we know the truth. We who know the truth allow that to happen. That's no joke. I want you to think about that. You know that Spider-Man quote? Something about, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. And you know that saying, knowledge is power? Well, if you have knowledge, it means you have power. And if you give up that power because your spouse doesn't value what you're saying, Boy, that's what we call irresponsible, right? There, there's the real, you're irresponsible. Yeah. When you know better and you don't do better. I mean, it's like ignorance of the law is no excuse. How many times have you heard that statement? Ignorance of the law is no excuse. They'll put you in jail if you break a law you didn't know. But ignorance of modern monetary theory is perfectly okay. Ignorance of climate change is perfectly okay. Ignorance of how poverty is created is perfectly okay. Ignorance of the story of race in America is perfectly okay. Ignorance of slavery and class struggle is okay. Something just doesn't measure up. Something doesn't measure up. And you know what? Here's a great comment here from Sugar. You think about it. Bread and circuses. Are you not entertained? We have been inundated with distraction, intentional distraction, to keep us focused on individuals. Oh, my God. Julian Assange, very important. Free speech, very important. Media, being able to have a freedom of the press, very important. That's the macro issue. But instead, it turns into like a cult of hero worship. So we go from this very fucking important thing that's universal that we need to be fighting for. Instead, turn it into the cult of personality. And you lose something major there.
You might gain other people because they like a good James Bond novel. But the fact is, educating people is the most vital thing. You know, I look back at the 60s, and I wish I would have been older. I only got one year in, not even a year, eight months, and I was very much a baby. So obviously, I didn't get shit from it. But you look back at Jack Kerouac, you look back at the beatniks, you look back at the, the poets that would go to these cafes and talk. They would talk propaganda. They would read books. They would read poetry. They would talk to one another. The music was more than just music. The drugs were more than just drugs. But there was a lot of change going on. And people were open about it. People were willing to have these discussions. They were willing to explore. They were okay being different. They weren't busy being squashed into the acceptable cube. This cube of life, this cube of conformity. You know, and I'm going to take Metallica at their word. Dying on your feet. All right, is it living on your knees conformity or dying wait, or dying on your feet for honest day and bread or bodies work as one bloody, but never cry some anyway. But the idea of living on your knees conformity or dying on your feet for honesty. That's pretty profound shit. And I know a lot of metalheads took it to heart. And we didn't care. We grew our hair long. We wore black leather jackets and stuff like that. And yes, there was some conformity within the niche, within the, the little clique. But we would listen to the lyrics of Iron Maiden and learn about Alexander the Great. And we would learn about history. We would learn about mythology. We would learn about things. We were geeks and we loved it. We weren't trying to bring about Satan. Satan, come rise up from the grave, whatever. I mean, some of the stories and some of the songs that we listened to really had power. And you go back to the 60s and 70s. And the lyrics were powerful. The things were powerful. And people were learning. And their families didn't get to control it. You wore your bell bottoms. You wore your corduroys. You wore your wild hats. You did whatever you wanted to do because you were experimenting. You were learning. You weren't being boxed into nothing. And we're doing it to our kids today. We're allowing our kids to be put into a box this small. And the whole world around them goes without notice. Because our spouses don't want you to be an activist. They don't value you being an activist because they're in the driver's seat and you're in the back seat with the kitty steering wheel. Once again, playing driver. And you allow it. You know the goddamn truth and you allow it. Wow. Think about that. Yeah, I love that. Great line. Here we go. You can do it your own way. If it's not just how I say. Good, good call there, brother. Good call. But I want you to understand that unless you take control over what you call balance and realize that what you're putting out there, if you're allowing your kid or your sister or your mother or your father to downplay who you are because they elevate who they are and you're a cuckold to that and you bow to that and you allow them to dominate and control you, that's not love, folks. Let's, let's, let's be clear. That's not fucking love. That's control. That's manipulation. That's not love. And that's definitely not balance. I've spent more time fighting because I recognize my job is not necessarily to be loved, but to agitate, to educate, 
to mobilize, to activate, to sacrifice. Because I have the burden of knowledge and I've got to get it out there now. I can't sit back and go, oh, well, I'm uncomfortable doing this. I'm uncomfortable talking about, I'm uncomfortable being on social media. I'm uncomfortable talking to different people. I'm uncomfortable. So yeah, I'm uncomfortable. Well, being an activist by its very definition is the very definition of being uncomfortable. Creating discomfort, creating change, being a change agent doesn't come by suckling into the norm and being beta, giving up the belly, letting the alpha sniff. That's not going to change the world. How many of you all give up the belly? How many of you all are the sniffers? Think about what I'm saying. How many of you all are driving the ship versus playing in the back seat with the fucking fake wheel? How many of you all understand that your job as an activist is to change the world, not succumb to it? Your job is to each one teach one, each one reach one. What could be more important than spreading the word? What could be more important than training your children so that they're not lost in a world of indoctrination and literally become a herd animal? Do you want your child to be a fucking herd animal? I know I don't want my children to be a herd animal. And I'm fearful that at times my kids might be herd animals. That terrifies the shit out of me. The idea. And I want to give you one last thing. I hate the fact that charities even exist in this world. Because what charities have done is they have perverted and made us all believe that if we just throw a few dollars at our favorite charity, they'll do the work for us. We don't have to do anything. We can go ahead and be done with it. Wash our hands of it and be done. And while money for charities, because that's the way this fucking neoliberal society is set up, helps. I want you to understand the federal government could fix it all like that. There would be no need for charities, folks. There would be no need for charities. But to deify the rich, they have made a society where you're dependent on the rich. Imagine what I'm saying. Would there be anything greater than not needing a place like Real Progressives? We're not needing the education because you know when you go to school, you're getting taught the truth. Or when you listen to the news, you're being taught the truth. You don't need to create another parallel thing because you're being taught the truth, not being indoctrinated and propagandized and lied to and gaslit. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I think to myself as the CEO of two nonprofits, how much I wish I didn't need to exist. How much I wish this place didn't need to exist. How much I wish I didn't sit there 24 hours a day thinking about how to get this message out there. I would kill to be able to grift off and just be a base person watching TV, bouncing my kids on my knee, listening to bad pop music. I'd love it if that was the life I could lead, but I can't and I won't. Anytime you see charity, it is a failure of the state. It is a policy failure that creates the need for nonprofits. It's a policy failure. It's a dereliction of duty. It's an abject failure of leadership. Every time we celebrate the Gates Foundation, what are we doing? We're deifying the rich. My God. Whatever would we do without Bill Gates? Whatever would we do? I want you to think about this. This is the most haunting thing, and I'm going to leave you on this thought. We're celebrating the private sector going into space, while simultaneously the rich that are going into space are destroying the planet. Now, if you know anything about private property, which I'm sure we all have a little bit of understanding there, 
There's nothing saying that you have a right to get on that spaceship to go to the next planet when they destroy this one because it's private property. That's the difference between public and private. And while you're sitting there ghosting out and not realizing this, as you celebrate Elon Musk, as you celebrate Jeff Bezos, as you celebrate these stories of success, remember, every time they go into space for no reason whatsoever, and we don't solve poverty, we don't fix the environment, every time you see billions and billions of dollars spent on these rich man games, and you understand Every single time, just know that when the planet does stop being able to do for us what we need it to do, when the lungs reject us, when we become a cancer and they just flush us, mom, please flush it all away. Anyway, when you realize that it's coming, it might be too late. And your kids are the ones that are going to be left off the spaceship. Just to put it in very real terms. Don't look up, you remember? The day after tomorrow, remember? These are just movies. But there are bunkers drilled down miles into the ground where rich people have their forever homes just in case of a nuclear fallout that they would be probably instrumental in creating. They probably have a stock portfolio that has the Northrop Grumman uh, monies for the nuclear bombs they've made or whatever. And they probably profited off of those to build their bunkers that they're going to live in after they turn the rest of the world into ash. And they've got seeds galore down there ready to grow centuries of food and oxygen creators and water filtration, etc while we're still drinking shit water, polluted water. And yet you celebrate Elon Musk. Well done. Your kids will know more about Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos sending Captain Kirk to the stratosphere than they will about a Green New Deal. And that's terrible. I want you to think about what you're doing every time you think that balance means letting your wife or your husband dictate Kardashians versus Green New Deal and MMT. When they and their disdain for activism win, you create the next generation of people that don't give a fuck. And you'll love them. They're your kids. But they're the ones also standing at line at Walmart, looking over someone's shoulder, judging why they're on food stamps. Not because you didn't say anything, because the reason is somebody else did say something to them. Somebody pumped them full of shit. And in your quest for balance, because you were afraid to stand up to your spouse, somebody won. Somebody's indoctrinating them and it wasn't you, and you had the knowledge. You sat on the knowledge. And now we've got a new generation of people that are gonna become libertarian waiting to happen. What a hell of an end game, huh? That's not the world I wanna live in, and that's not the world you should wanna live in either. You must understand the things we're up against are existential crises that are happening right now, not in some future state, now, right now. And they can't be put off because they're uncomfortable. I want you to think about what I'm saying. I'm getting ready to bop off here. But I am watching as things happen. I'm watching as people get killed. I'm watching as people kill. I'm watching desperation joker style happen in the subways of New York. I'm watching as climate change creates new zones where the sharks are patrolling former beach areas where people 
would swim and are now getting eaten. And then, of course, we'll kill the sharks because what the hell? Sharks need to die, right? You know better. It's time to do better. And it's time to reclaim the driver's seat of your household and your life. I'm Steve Grumbine, the Rogue Scholar, and I'm out of here. The Rogue Scholar is a production of Real Progressives. If you would like to support our work, please visit patreon.com slash realprogressives.